The Bible says, be not deceived. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Welcome to Financial Issues, where we align reality with truth. Conservative talk radio you can count on. Financial issues that you need to know. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. We will simply apply to government the common sense that we all use in our daily lives. Analyzing markets and financial news, this is Financial Issues Week in Review. Welcome to Financial Issues, and we're glad that you're joining us, however you're watching. If you're watching on Facebook, please share us with your friends and family or any other social media outlet that you may be watching us on. We're back on YouTube. We do have podcasts now on Apple and Spotify. The preferred way is still to get that phone app so you make sure that you're never without us and you can take us wherever you go. So we're going to take a look at some economic news this morning, some market news, and of course, uh, we'll talk a lot about stewardship. We'll get your questions answered. So uh, this week is a pretty light news week. Next week's going to be bigger. You know, the markets are kind of waiting in expectation to see what's going to happen at Jackson Hole. That is where the Fed is having their annual uh, meeting, I guess you would say. We did get durable goods orders that came out, and the number was unexpectedly unchanged from a month earlier. So it was uh, disappointing, uh, missing expectations. They were expecting a 0.6% increase following an upwardly revised 2.2% rise in June. So it was the first month in five that the orders showed no growth. So that is another sign of cracks in the economy, a slowdown that is uh, predicted to be coming. Last night on FISM News, you saw, you may have seen a a study, a report on a study that was done where I think it was what, 97% of those surveyed said that they believed that we were either already in a recession or that we would be in one by 2023. Well, then they must uh, follow the traditional definition of a recession, which is two quarters of negative GDP growth and not the um, let's wait and see if we can pressure some agency into saying that we're not technically uh, in a recession because it doesn't necessarily feel like one. We know that it does. We know that we're we're paying more. You know, yes, prices are down at the pump, but they're nowhere near where they were before. Joe Biden was elected to be president. So lots of things happening there. We've injected a ton of money into the economy with all of the COVID stimulus. That is a real problem. And that is one of the major things, in my opinion, that is driving inflation. Uh, We also saw, you know, one of the arguments for the Biden administration is that we're not in a recession because we still have a strong job market. We still have a strong uh, real estate market, and that's true, but we're starting to see some signs of weakening there. It is becoming less and less of a seller's market where you can just put your home on the market and sell it within 24 hours with multiple bids from buyers that are offering to give you more than you were asking for it. So that's changing a little bit. Um, rents are up, though, so that's still going to keep interest in the new home market. So we got new home sales out and new and sales of new single family houses in the US plunged 12.6% month over month and that is seasonally adjusted it was below the forecast and um, the the median price of a house is now 439,000 which is down a little bit from where it has been in previous months but still quite a bit higher than the 406000 that the median was just a year ago. So we still have, uh, you know, a pretty low inventory, which is going to keep home prices, you know, elevated to the extent that, you know, we're not likely to see another real estate crash like we saw in 2008. So I just want to encourage you, if you don't get our weekly newsletter, sign up for that. You can do that at financialissues.org. All you got to do is put in your email address. We don't sell or share your information. We don't send you a request for money every single week. In fact, 
you know, I think Dan's only done that twice in the history of the newsletter where he he asked for, you know, some uh, some donations there. Now, there is a link in there that you can donate if you're so led, but that is not the purpose of the newsletter. The newsletter is to keep you informed about what's happening. So the markets are a little bit mixed. And what's happening is this Jackson Hole Symposium where the Fed is is meeting and they're going to give some direction maybe about where they're going with interest rates. And, you know, we saw like a four-week um, uptick in the markets because the markets were starting to expect, you know, they saw a little bit of data that inflation was starting to moderate a little bit. And so they already started getting into the mode of, well, the Fed's going to stop increasing rates and start cutting rates maybe as soon as next year. Um, that's I don't think that's the case. I think the markets were overly optimistic there if they really did make that assumption. I think it's more just that there's so much liquidity in the markets that it has nowhere to go. And it's looking it's looking for a home. You know, you've got so much institutional money out there and those money managers have rules that they have to follow. And rules about how much of the money that they manage has to be invested. So they have to find a place for it. And the United States stock market is still the best looking horse in the glue factory, uh, even though we are seeing signs of weakening in the economy. The 10-year bond is at 3.08, you know, just um, ticking above 3% uh, headed in that direction. The yield curve, if you follow that at all, is still inverted with the two-year being at 3.36 and the 10-year at 3.08. So what an inverted yield curve means is that short-term rates are higher than long-term rates. And, you know, a lot of the technical analysts will say that that implies that a recession is coming. We technically have already had the numbers out that supports that we could be in a recession. But recession or not, you know, the R word is really scary and it can move markets and all of those things. But it's it's part of a normal business cycle. Does it mean that the sky is falling and, you know, all of that? Well, the sky is going to fall one day. You know, things are going to get bad. We know that if we read the scriptures, um, we just have to make sure that our eyes are fixed in the right place, that we don't start to worship our treasure um, instead of the one that owns it all. So we just have to you know, keep that in mind, keep our anxiety in check, because that scripture commands us, do not be anxious about anything. And that includes our money. That includes our portfolio. It includes everything. So uh, speaking of interest rates, if you're in the market for some fixed income, uh, we urge you to check out the AFA Foundation. They do offer a charitable gift annuity that if you are charitably inclined and you want to give a gift to Kingdom Work, which I think is a wonderful thing to do, then you can make a gift to the AFA Foundation. And in exchange for that, you can get some fixed income and a tax deduction. So uh, check that out. You can find that information on our homepage. So stick with us. Don't go anywhere. Come right back. We are uh, going to enter into the question and answer part of the show where we're taking your calls, we're looking at social media, and we're answering the questions that were submitted from the partner website. Well, I'm Sheena Burt with Financial Issues, and we're going to be back right after this. American Family Association President Tim Wildman. Why does AFA exist? Well, we're here to inform, equip, and activate individuals and families to transform the culture. We want to make an impact on our country for Christ. That's the reason my dad, Don Wildman, started this ministry 40-plus years ago. Dad was concerned about the direction America was headed, and he was determined to do something about it. Maybe that describes you today. If it does, I want to strongly encourage you to consider a charitable gift annuity to American Family Association Foundation. This will benefit you and it will ensure that we stay in the fight for a long, long time to come. That's the AFA Foundation. Call the AFA Foundation at 800-326-4543, extension 345. That's 800-326-4543, extension 345. 
I pray that in these trying times that I can lead him in a way that I know will leave a godly imprint on his heart forever. And, and to show her how to live a life that is pure. I want her to understand how precious life is and, and to, to take, take care of his body. To eat right and exercise and understand that his body is a temple, temple of, of God. God. I pray that our family will love Jesus, read his word daily, and obey his teaching. The values that we share should guide us in the way that we invest. Make sure that you are investing in companies whose policies and practices align with pro-life, pro-family values. Visit thetimothyplan.com or call for more information. Advance the kingdom in the way that you invest. I got to hear how strong her heartbeat was. I was like, I felt like she was supposed to be here. And it didn't matter what anybody else told me. And all that mattered was that I was blessed with the ability to carry life inside of my body. And that baby was supposed to be here for something. And that was all that mattered. This is the story of a young lady who decided to keep her baby after hearing her baby's beautiful heartbeat on ultrasound. The Ministry of Preborn provides ultrasounds for pregnancy centers across America for free. When an abortion-minded woman hears her baby's heartbeat on ultrasound, she is 80% more likely to keep her baby. And the story doesn't end there. Your gift of $140 will cover the cost of five ultrasounds. All donations are tax-deductible. You can help save a baby's life right here in America by donating to Preborn. To donate, dial pound 250, keyword baby, pound two. 50 baby or donate securely at preborn.com that's preborn.com do you know what you are supporting when you purchase mutual funds and stocks think about it when you invest in a company you make a decision to support the things that that company supports and it may not be things that you agree with we had no idea that we were supporting things like abortion, gambling, and pornography. Thanks to financial issues, we have changed all of that and have never felt better about our money. We are honoring God. The best decision we have ever made. Financial Issues is a ministry teaching people like you how to invest biblically, responsibly, keeping your investments clear of companies that may support an ungodly agenda. Grow your money God's way. Learn more by going to financialissues.org. Become a partner. Honor God and take control of your finances. Financialissues.org. Securities offered through GA Reppel and Company, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member FINRA and SIPC. Opinions expressed by Shanna are hers alone and are for informational purposes only and do not necessarily represent those of GA Reppel or the outlet on which you are listening. You should consider how the information applies to your situation prior to personally implementing it and consult any financial professional you work with to make sure it's applicable to your financial plan. Welcome back to Financial Issues. I'm Shanna Burt, and thanks so much for that disclaimer. Hope you listened well. I just want to tell you we're entering into the question and answer part of the show. We're going to take some phone calls. We're going to answer some uh, social media questions, look at some comments, and some from the Ask Shanna part of the show. So um, if you're writing in a question, whether you're doing it on the website, social media, Facebook, um, uh, wherever you're, the Ask Shanna part of the website, if you're a partner, keep your question pretty short and to the point. If you have to write a paragraph or two with a lot of back information to get the answer to your question, it's probably, it probably indicates that you need more help than, um, than, than what you can do on your own. So it's probably a question that's uh, better answered by someone who knows your situation in depth. So, you know, try to narrow down the question, do enough research. I know, you know, sometimes you, you, you're researching something and you get to a point where you get stuck or it's a question in the strategy that you need some clarification on. And those are all good things and uh, things that we can answer and that help to build up the body of Christ. Because that's what we're trying to do here with financial issues is to uh, teach you about stewardship teach you how to be a good steward. You know, there's there's those broad concepts that you want to do. You know, you want to do good. You want to 
um, love justice, you want to walk humbly with the Lord, you want to invest in a biblically responsible way, and then there's the practical application of that. So that's what we're that's what we're here to help you with. But you know, if it's a real specific portfolio kind of question, um, you know, maybe do some more research. There's a lot of great. Um, uh, videos on the partner website. If you're a partner, you can check that out. And if you want to be a partner, you can go to the website and find that information there. It's very uh, economical to do so. It's only $85 a year, not a month, <laughs> but a year or 124 if you want to use the tracker. So the best way, again, to get your question answered in a timely manner is to give us a call. So let's do that. Let's go right to calls. We've got Marvin calling from North Carolina. Uh, good morning, Shannon. Good morning. Appreciate you taking my call. Um, I tried yesterday, but it was towards the end of the program, so here I am again this morning. Well, thanks for calling so, back. Um, I'll try to make this quick. Um, my mom is 83. Um, just moved her from Florida to West Virginia because she couldn't take care of herself anymore. Um, so she's living with my sister. Uh, I'm her POA, and I'm also organizing her finances. So I already have a Schwab account for her uh, managing her stocks. Um, she's owned UT89 for, I think, over a decade. Um, I was pleased to see that it was on the, on the good list there. <laughs> um, so um, we just sold the home. Um, that money just went into that Schwab account. So at that time, um, when this came in the other day, her cash was at 74%. So I'm putting her into the income, and I, do, I wanted to use about a third of that, and that's part of what my question is. Um, yesterday, I did buy into um, E40, IT70, MA63, TM55, UT66, and ETF2. Now her cash is at 66%. Now she gets Social Security of uh, sixteen twenty nine a month, and she has minimal living expenses now that she's living with my sister. I was wondering how much I should leave in cash and what the strategy should be going forward. Okay, so the first thing that you're going to want to do is make sure that any needs that she has in the next twelve to twenty four months is left in cash and anything that she might need for emergency is left in cash that is outside the portfolio. And then I would just say follow the asset allocation model. So there's um, there's some pretty straightforward guidelines as to how much to leave in cash and how much to get invested. Okay. Yep. Okay. <laughs> just want to make sure I was on track. Yep. Sounds like it. Sounds like you're doing Thank a great job. Thank you very job. much and have a blessed day. Yeah. Good. God bless you for honoring your parents. Well, let's go to Richard. Richard's calling from Arkansas. Hello, Shanna. Thank you for your taking my call. I appreciate all the the, the good work you've been doing. And, Thank you. Uh, I'm I'm considering E40 as to whether or not it's appropriate for me. Um, I'm 69. I'm a, a transitioning to an income only, and uh, I'm working, but I'm going to be retiring soon. Um, I kind of have a three-part question. The first part is the dividend rate is 1.9%, or, or I assume that's percent. The uh, Does that mean that I could expect uh, that I would get 1.9% on the dollar invested? I'm trying to get to my data here, but I think you're wrong about the, the yield. I think that might just be the rate. I think the yield's much okay. higher. The yield is seven point oh four. So is that what what I would expect to get per dollar invested? The the yield? rate the rate of the dividend is what you get per share. So the yield is gonna be yes, based off of the amount that you have invested. Okay. And then the second part of this, this is that this is an oil and gas limited partnership. Uh, I'm assuming that there's nothing in here that's like, you know, sometimes when you invest in an uh, oil and gas partnership, like a drilling thing, 
you end up having to put more money in later on if if they strike a whale, you know. I'm assuming this this is not like that, though, right? This is not an alternative investment. It is a publicly traded company, but the structure of it, rather than being a corporation, is that it's a limited partnership. So you do get that K-1. Okay, so so the K-1... That's that's the next thing. I don't need a tax shelter. What is the effect for me on on a K one? It's just it, uh, to me, all it is is just going to complicate. I file my own taxes, so it's just going to complicate my my return. Um, but but what what would that effect be on my taxes? So it's not it's it doesn't really have anything to do with being a tax shelter. A K one is just what reports profit. So you you are going to get that K-1. They tend to come a little bit later. If you are an early bird filer, they they tend to come, you know, more closer to the de- tax filing deadline. So you do have to wait on those. It's not super complicated. Um, you know, it does add another step or another thing to do. So if it's not something that you want to take the time to do, then, you know, then I would avoid the the MLPs and, you know, just try to find something else that has a yield that good. Okay, well, good. That that, that helps me because well, I, I also have IT seventy, and its dividend rate is sixteen point four, but the yield is three point ten. So, I, so really, what I should expect on that is to get three point ten on the dollar. Yeah. Right. So that's that's what you want to that's what you want to focus on is the yield because. Prices can range widely in price from, you know, a couple of dollars all the way up to, you know, over a thousand dollars. You can you can find companies that have stock prices that, that high. And, you know, we just we ask you not to even pay attention to that. The price of a share of stock has nothing to do with the valuation of that company. So it doesn't tell you whether it's a cheap stock or an expensive stock. You have to look at a lot more um, factors about the company to decide if it is a good value or not. So we just, we recommend that you focus on the yield rather than the rate because um, you know, based on the price, you'll own a different number of shares. All right, let's get to some Ash Shanna questions. Yep, let's do it here, Shanna. We've got the first one is Gary saying, good morning. IT is a small sector. Well, would it be wise to have more than 1% of IN22? This has only two stocks. I'm an income investor and not working anymore. There are very few IT stocks that make up the buy list, and I'm 54 years old. What are your thoughts, Shanna? Um, a little bit confusing there because he talks about IT and then IN. So I'm going to assume that he, he mentions IN22, which is on the buy list. So... And he's only got 1% there. It would be okay to have up to 2%, especially if the sector target is, say, 7% or so. That would still give you enough room to have plenty of diversification in that particular sector. Good stuff, Shanna. Next one is Edna saying, hello, Shanna. Blessings to you, and thank you for carrying on the mantle of godly investing that Dan taught us. There's increased talk about investing in gold. I do not remember Dan encouraging that form of investing a lot. I hear a lot of information about investing in gold to head off inflation. Could you speak about that, and should I take a look at purchasing some gold? I plan on working full-time for another 10 to 12 years, and I'm 62 years old. 61 years old, excuse me. All right. So I can tell you what Dan what Dan always said. He was not a fan of gold. In fact, he said a lot of times that um, you know he 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 talked about the people that sell the gold. A lot of them. There's honest people in every industry, but um, he called a lot of them predators um, because they really go after the Christians because Christians tend to have this affinity for gold. I guess because the streets of heaven are going to be made of gold that we want to get some while we're here too. But um, Gold has no real fundamentals. You know, that's what he would always say. There, it doesn't pay a dividend, and it costs. Uh, it can cost a good amount of money to buy or dispose of your gold in commissions because that's not an industry that's really highly regulated. So if you want to have some exposure to metals, silver is probably a better, um, a better investment. But again, none of the metals pay dividends. If you do metals, you want to take physical possession of them yourself, which means that you can't get them in an IRA because the just the rules of IRAs, 
mandate that you can't take physical possession. So now you have to pay storage fees and all of that. So if you want exposure, I would look in the uh, the cash, cash equivalents sector or the mutual fund sector. If you're a partner, you can see there's a Timothy fund there that is a defensive kind of fund that um, that does have exposure to metals and it was one of the first mutual fund companies that actually took possession of those physical uh, metals when the law changed some years back. Don't go anywhere. Stick with us. If you're not a partner, consider becoming one. You know, the times are getting tougher to to manage money, to pick good investments. And uh, we want to share the wisdom that God gives us with you. So partner along with us. It's, it's not expensive to do so. It's $85 a year. You can find the information for that on our website at financialissues.org. I'm Shanna Burt, and I'll be back right after this break. All throughout the red light district in India, women are trapped in a cycle of survival through prostitution. But they're not alone. Their children are there, hiding in back alleys, under a bed, or asleep in a room not far from the drugs and brothels outside. Five million of these children are trapped in the red light districts of India at a high risk of being abused or used in the trade themselves. But India Partners has made a way for you to rescue these children and relocate them to a safe, clean home in a safe neighborhood where not only their physical needs will be provided for, but they'll be introduced to the love of Jesus. And hopefully, with these resources, both the child and their mother can escape the sex trade and start a new life outside the red light district. Just $62 will provide a week of safety for one of these children, and $275 will provide for a whole month. Visit indiapartners.org to see how your gift can reach into the red light district and provide days of safety for one of these five million children i'm excited to let you know of some great news my name is tim basagno and i'm the host of a new and exciting and biblically based show about men doing good that's right the show is called good guys doing good I travel all over the country meeting good guys that love the Lord and they're called according to His purpose. Tune in for this week's episode this Wednesday and make sure that you go to FISM.tv slash good guys to stream the entire season. Go to FISM.tv slash good guys. Now, back to Financial Issues Week in Review. Welcome back to Financial Issues. I'm Shannon Burke. Thanks for being with us. So let's get right back to some calls. We've got Hamilton. Hamilton is calling us from Louisiana. Hi, Hamilton. Uh, hi, hi, Shanna. Uh, uh, I have HC82, and uh, it's no longer on the broad list, uh, but Dan had put it on the buy list like back in January of 2020 that's when i bought it and somebody had called in uh i don't know if it was earlier this year or late last year asking about that stock and dan said he had taken it off the broad list but he was uh reviewing it and he was going to put out more information later but he never did Yep. So that one is definitely on our radar. It's being reviewed. It is still technically clean, but there are some things that they're involved in that are a little bit concerning to us. Maybe not necessarily a, it's not a clear BRI screen like um, abortion or lifestyle or things like that. So it is under review and, and we will get some information out on that one soon. Okay. <laughs> All right. All thanks right. for your call. Thank you. And thanks for being a partner. Well, speaking of biblically responsible investing, folks, um, Planned Parenthood is planning to spend $150 million in the midterm elections. They're going to be pouring money into Democratic candidates' campaign funds. They're going to be going door-to-door. They're putting out ads on social media. They're paying for ads, um, all to convince everybody of 
why they need to be around to help people murder their babies. So it's really a horrific thing that they're doing. And when you stop and think about something, where do they get that money? Where where do they get that $150 million that they're going to spend on midterms? In a quote that, that one of the spokespeople said, they said, for us, this is really the most important election cycle of our life. They also said <laughs> the goal of this campaign is to raise voters' awareness of the lawmakers who are to blame. Well, to blame for what? Um, to blame for the overturning of Roe v. Wade, which was a court decision, or are they going to expose all of those pro-life politicians? Well, you know what? I hope they do. That will be the biggest endorsement if you're a Christian, if you believe in the sanctity of life. It doesn't matter what denomination you are. You know, that is one thing that we as Christians are unified over is that as human beings, we are the apple of God's eye. There's no higher value that he places on anything in his creation than human beings. And he gives some really strong warnings to those of us who would harm children or those who are who are unable to defend themselves. He says it would be better if we had a millstone tied around our neck and thrown into a lake. So I hope Planned Parenthood does spend a lot of money exposing these horrible pro-life, um, mostly Republicans, because that's going to be less money that they have to spend trying to promote themselves. You know, that kind of indictment is really a badge of honor to be bad mouth. I mean, and really it is. It's religious persecution. I mean, it's it's being bad mouth for following your convictions as a Christian person or really even just as a decent human being. You know, it's not it's it's not right. I mean, it, it's just it just baffles me on how you can even come up with any kind of argument that says that it's okay to do that. It's just evil what they're trying to convince people to do. So where do they get that money? Um, besides the $600 million that they get from us, meaning the people that are actually paying taxes, our government funds Planned Parenthood, and that's a that's a very shameful thing, I think. But they get money from, well, they got a, a slew of donations in after Roe v. Wade was overturned and the decisions were put back to the state. <clears throat> so now they're, they're going to invest that money to try to um, procure the right to murder the unborn. They also get money from corporations because who has a lot of money in this country? Well, it's the companies that do business <clears throat> and that that do well and that are profitable. And they go to these companies and they they solicit donations from them. Well, where we stand on biblically responsible investing, as Christians, we have a set of values that lines up with the heart of God. We don't believe that it's right to, to take the lives of the unborn. <clears throat> we don't believe that marriage should be redefined to something other than what God said it was. We don't believe in... Uh, companies that would exploit human beings, you know, slave labor and those kind of things. <clears throat> and we don't advocate for anti-family entertainment. You know, it's the it's the moral fabric of this country that has just been eroded and eroded and eroded. And I saw an interview that Rudy Giuliani did last week. That, I mean, he said so many good things that... Uh, that just really resonated with me. But one of the things that he said was that, you know, our country may have become too dumb to be a democracy. <laughs> you know, we've, we, we've been dumbed down. And I don't know that it's just that we're dumb, but, you know, sin has run rampant in this country and our moral fabric has just been eroded more and more and more. And part of the reason is because we're not salty enough. We're not, we're, we're put here to be salt and light. We're put here to speak the truth of God, to do it in an un, unapologetic way, you know, to speak it in truth, but we're never to apologize 
for the truth because we didn't make that up. You know, that was God's idea. And that's really when when things come at you and when you get persecuted and you get ridiculed and you get all of those things, it's it's not really us because it's not our idea. So the hate that comes at us is aimed at Christ. And that comes straight from the enemy. So, you know, let's open our eyes. Let's open our spiritual eyes and ears and be able to discern the things that are happening in this world. And, you know, who cares if we're single issue voters on abortion? You know, that's one of the things that people criticize. Oh, well, you're not enlightened enough. You just let this one topic um, drive the way that you vote. Well, you know what? It indicates to me that you have a severe character flaw if you can somehow justify the murdering of the innocent. And I don't know how you can make any other good decision if those decisions are running through that same thought process as somehow it's okay to murder a baby. So it's not just a single issue. It reveals the heart of the person It reveals um, where their intellect comes from, where their reasoning comes from. And, you know, if you can't get that right, if if you can't value human beings, then you can't do anything else. You know, you can't make decision. You can't say that your best, that, that other people's best interest is top of your priority list if you can't even value human life. So... If we have to, we'll be one-issue voters in this upcoming election. But folks, learn who the candidates are. Learn, just just listen to them. You know, when we as Christians, we have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is the great discerner of truth. We can listen to something. Sometimes it's a little bit trickier than others because the enemy comes as an angel of light. He doesn't always, he never comes as a, ugly horned beast, right? (laughs) Nobody's ever, um, nobody that I know of anyway, has ever encountered the enemy on that level. It's always just a twisting of the scripture. It's a, it's a one-off, but you know, if you really listen to it with your spiritual ears, the Holy Spirit's going to say, this is truth or this is a lie. So I just want to encourage you there, um, to, to know what's happening and, uh, you know, and to to be on guard. The purpose of this ministry is to teach you how to invest biblically responsibly. That helps us to defund the darkness, right? And so we're going to not allow companies to use company money to give money to Planned Parenthood so that they can influence our elections and perpetuate just this evil, evil agenda that the enemy has for our country. The second part of that is funding the light. So we're going to give you lots of stewardship opportunities. We're always going to put those before you and remind you that time is short. The Lord is coming back and he's going to ask for an account of what we did with our time, talent and treasure that we were responsible of. If you've never read that story, I encourage you go to Matthew 25 and Luke 19. It's actually found twice in the Gospels and it's the parable of the good, uh, the good manager or the good steward. And you can see what the scripture has to say about that. There's going to be a test. Jesus is coming back. Let's be found good and faithful stewards. So folks, I'm Sheena Burt with Financial Issues. We're going to be back right after this. Most of us want to be a part of something significant to make a positive difference. By partnering with Christian Community Credit Union, your money is helping to build God's kingdom. That means there is real intention behind our numbers. Let's start with 30,000. That's the number of members who trust Christian Community Credit Union as their financial partner. Okay, how about $4.5 million? That's the amount we've donated to ministry and missions projects in the U.S. and around the globe through the credit and debit cards that give to missions. Here's another number, 60. That's how many years ago that a handful of Baptist ministers joined together to form a credit union whose mission was to help its members grow their money and become better stewards. 
Let's take a bigger number like $750 million. It's the amount of assets under management providing affordable savings, investments, and loans to churches, ministries, and their members. Whether it's constructing or remodeling a new church building or funding a home loan, your money is working in the Christian community. 5400. It's the number of shared branches across the country, giving you outstanding member service, plus an additional 30,000 surcharge-free ATMs. One. The one is you, because the money you deposit at Christian Community Credit Union helps build churches, expand ministry, and reach out to the lost. Christian Community Credit Union. Our focus is more than just the numbers. It's to fulfill our mission to help members and ministries become better stewards and achieve their financial goals. Enjoy the benefits of credit union membership, including great rates on savings, lower loan rates, and personal service from a financial institution who shares your values. Christian Community Credit Union. Your money building God's kingdom. Visit myccu.com today. To learn more, or call 800-347-CCCU. People are talking a lot about healthcare these days. There are so many changes, so many questions. As Christians, where can we turn for answers? At Samaritan Ministries, we believe the answer is in Jesus Christ, working in the lives of His people, demonstrating Christian community by sharing each other's medical needs, scripturally, faithfully. Here's just part of Brett's story in his own words. When I reflect on Samaritan Ministries, the biggest thing that stands out to me is that we, as a body of believers, are living out New Testament Christianity. This idea that Samaritan has adopted from the book of Acts should permeate all parts of our lives, not just health sharing. It it has a profound impact on people like me and my wife. Brett is just one of more than 150,000 members who are sharing over $13 million in medical needs each month. If you'd like to experience what it's like to partner with other Christians for your health care needs and you'd like to see what other members are saying, visit MySamaritanStory.org. The opinions and recommendations expressed on this program do not necessarily represent the opinions of the station or any of the program sponsors. Additionally, all products or services offered by the program sponsors may not be known by the program. Welcome back to Financial Issues. Thanks for sticking with us to the end of the program. We are going to get to finish up the show with some more question and answer. So let's get right to a call. We have Cecilia Collin from Florida. Good morning, Shana. Thanks for taking my call. I am an income investor, and I am looking at my portfolio, trying to get it back in balance, and I'm looking at um, my cash equivalent C72, trying to decide whether I take my dividends or let it reinvest. Prior to, it was sitting over in my cash sector, and we had the reinvestment of the dividends off of it. Should I now take the dividends off of sector that sector? So typically, the, the definition of an income investor is someone who is using their dividends. Um, the way that you do that is you just code everything in your, all of the investments in your account to pay the dividends into the cash, and then you can have those distributed. So um, not... I'm not I'm not sure that I completely understand the the question. Um, well, at the time that I, I'm a new income investor, only been in a, a little over two years, but at the time it was all cash, and um, I realized as an income investor I was supposed to take it, but I thought I was supposed to build that cash sector up, and I was using the dividends off of it to build it up to the required percentage of 12% for my, oh, I got my you. age. Yeah. Yeah. So if your allocations are in line and you've, you know, it does take, you're right. It does take some time to build a portfolio. It's not something that you want to do. Just go in and do overnight, you know, make sure you know the strategy, watch the videos and all of that. And it does take a little bit of time waiting for things to come onto the buy list and dollar cost averaging into place. But once you're once you're allocated, um, if you're doing a, a rebalance, you know, once you get your portfolio fully built, then you can just do that and you can code it to where you you take your dividends. 
Okay, because since I was high in that area, I was going to move it over to um, short the the uh, other sector for the cash, the short term um, bonds. That that's because it is, you know, another category that I could help level out my graph and make it more um, in line with balancing it. But yep. Sounds like you're on the right track. You know, the most important thing there is looking at that asset allocation and just making sure that's in line. Don't get too um, don't get too concerned about temporary imbalances. You know, you want to only rebalance about three or four times a year because what will happen is the the market will do some rebalancing for you as different sectors you know outperform others over time. Okay, so I can just code that. Accordingly, uh, I can move a percentage of that excess in that one sector over to wherever. I can just select on my portfolio tracker a different sector to put that money in if I'm over rather than selling. So it's a, it's a, it's a little bit um, tricky to distinguish between the cash and cash equivalents part of the uh, strategy, but there's some notes alongside the uh, that was in the alert whenever I whenever I updated the models and there's down the side of um, I believe it's the commentary page or no it's the asset allocation page that kind of distinguishes that so the purpose of the the cash part of the portfolio the true cash part that's not going to have a whole lot of volatility is for preservation purposes and for keeping some powder dry which is not a high priority if you're in the income model the priority for the income model is to get you know a good bit of that money invested so that it's generating income. Correct. That sounds good. Good. All right. That, that, and I'll go ahead and since, yeah, that's what I'll do. I'll start taking them now that we're balanced. That's good. Sounds great. Well, right. we appreciate your partnership and your support, Cecilia. You know, um, Cecilia is a, a, a very loyal listener, and we appreciate all of her encouragement and support. So let's get to some social media comments and questions. What do we have there, Seth? Good stuff, Shanna. We got a lot of great things. We have Sherry saying, looking great this morning, Shanna. And then she also says in these last days, the delusion will be so great that if it were possible, even believers would be deceived. I love how you put that in there, Sherry, if it were possible, because by God's grace, uh, we are protected from that by the blood of Jesus Christ that... uh, you know, how sin uh, corrupts our minds. If people are ready to believe these fantasy identities and harm others who do not, I see we are in or headed for the last days. Boy, that's so true. Yep, that is true. You know, and we've been in the last days since Jesus went back to heaven after uh, his resurrection. And it's just, you know, we're in this season of, you know, Sin, the Bible describes sin a lot of times as as yeast. And when yeast infects, it just bloats and grows and grows and grows and infects and takes over more of society. And that's that's what's happening. You know, um, this the scripture tells us that that would happen and that if it were possible that even believers would be deceived. So the remedy to that, what what Jesus says right after that, I believe it's in Matthew 26, is he says, stay vigilant, you know, watch so that you are not deceived. We have to know the word of God. You know, when counterfeiter, when counterfeit experts are being trained, they don't study all of the fakes that are out there. They don't know what um, what all of the marks and the identifying factors are of the fakes. What they do is they study the real thing, and then they know that anything that deviates from the real thing is a lie. And Satan does come as an angel of light. And Seth and I were just talking about that on the break. You know, it's um, the oldest trick in the book is that he twists scripture. So if we don't know it, if we don't read it, if we don't read it, we won't know it. If we don't study it, we won't know it. And we will be setting ourselves up to be deceived. And that is a real tragedy. 
Amen. It sure is. Thanks for that, Shanna. Here's a great question from Patty in Indiana saying, personally, I feel the effects of inflation more than the impact of in, of a uh, recession. Uh, what are the effects of a recession, Shanna? Is it unemployment? Is it something else? What is it? So a recession is when the economy actually slows down. And that is... Uh, we're alerted to those things by changes in employment. So unemployment tends to rise as companies uh, feel the squeeze, you know. Um, they pull back on hiring, and it's kind of a, a vicious cycle. So they, they there may be layoffs. People may be concerned or worried about their jobs. They may get pay cuts. They may get cuts in their hours. And this is what it feels like. Um, in a recession, and, and recessions are all different, so it depends on on what causes them. Um, this particular one is, you know, we, we had a ton of money injected into our system because we actually did have a recession right when COVID hit. So we had two quarters of negative GDP. It only lasted for about six months, and then we were out of it. But these are the lingering after effects of our response to fear, right? So uh, we didn't know it at the time, but I think we can look back now and we can say that we really overreacted to this COVID uh, fear. You know, China's still in lockdown mode and they're still, you know, trying to fight this virus and it, it's it's not working. So thank goodness we came out of that and we got a right perspective, you know, about what what was actually happening here and so uh but unfortunately we had all that money that's it, it, the democrats are just and the left is always just looking for another great reason to spend more money that we don't have so that went right along with their plans and so we got all of this money in there now we got inflation too many dollars chasing too few goods um we don't have enough people back to work that's impacting the labor market Companies are having to pay more to get people just to show up for work. And you can't really make goods and services if you don't have the people to do it. So the labor market has been inflated. We have an inventory issue in the housing market. So prices have been inflated. And, um, you know, until some of those things change, the Fed has just bought the bought everything that the U.S. government is selling, right? So they have to, to print money. They have to issue bonds, and the Fed's been buying that. And now they're saying, we don't want to do that anymore. So we're we're coming to a situation where we are definitely feeling the effects of recession. Once we know, so jobs are a lagging indicator. And so, you know, when we start to see that labor market suffer, then you know, we'll we'll know that we're pretty close to the end of it because then the the Fed comes in and starts lowering rates and uh, stimulating the economy and things like that, which I don't know that they're actually going to have to do because the government is just going to stimulate the economy so much with the injection of more and more and more and more money until they destroy us unless we get our heads out of the sand and elect people that have some common sense, you know. Common sense isn't so common anymore, but God always preserves a remnant. And common sense, really, real good common sense is godly wisdom. And you can't have godly wisdom without God. So we just need to pray for our country. We need to pray that godly Americans would stand up and serve their country in Washington and stop this foolishness that's happening in our country. So, folks, we just have to remember, you know, just like we just heard, that time is short. The master's coming back. There's going to be a test. Let's be found good and faithful servants when the Lord comes back and asks for an account of how we handled the time, talent, and treasure that he put us in charge of. If we ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. Thank you for joining us. This has been an FISM production.